Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, if you know a tradie, or maybe you're a tradie and you're already driving to work right now listening to this show, I really hope that you've got a dash cam. But if you don't, or if you know someone who drives a ute but does not have one, Navman has actually got a purpose-built dash cam. It's called the Outer Workmate XDC. And this is a dual cam system. It's got a vertically mounted dash cam for the front, and it is with the 140 degree lens, full high definition, 1080p recording, 30 frames per second, pretty much everything you could ask for in a dash cam. But for the rear, instead of mounting that camera inside the cabin, paint pointing into your tray, which is usually full of things that would obstruct the view, it has a purpose built and designed rear camera that would go under the tray near the number plate at the back. So that way, effectively making sure that you can record that car that actually is behind you and not recording your tools that are moving about in the tray, hopefully in a safe way. But this is an important thing. And anyone who does have a tradie, there are plenty of tradies out there. You need to be letting people know about this because it is what I think the first purpose-built dash cam for utes and it's an important one that we need to be calling out at 549 recommended retail price do check it out at the navman website and have a look at all of the other dash cams because i don't care what car you drive it needs one everyone literally needs one i don't just say that because i'm sponsored by navman at the end of the day you buy whichever brand you like but if you're not checking out the range and you're not driving around with a dash cam in the car you're crazy but if you wanted a good dash cam i can tell you the ones i've tested navman wins every time Head to nevman.com.au and check it out. Rasembras ma Jeff Quattromani, multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. And good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever it is that you are listening to this show. Welcome, welcome to Australia's number one technology podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Quattromani, and I've been your host since the beginning. It's my show. I will call out very quickly two things. One, yes, I'm sick. I've got some cold and flu bug. It's not COVID, tested for that. But I'm just on some meds, making sure I can still live and breathe. Uh, but the second thing that I'm not sure if you will notice or not is that I'm using a different microphone. I've got sent uh, one from Sennheiser. It's called the Profile. It's a new webcam, uh, not webcam, microphone that they've brought out. And I like it, but I don't know how well it's going to be received on your end when you do listen to this show. I, I will probably listen back to it myself. Um, but by then, it will have been too late because you'll have already seen it or heard it. Now, speaking of things that I'm missing today, one is uh, a glass of wine. No wine for me today because of the medication. Probably don't want me going too loopy in the one episode. Uh, so we're skipping that one. I've just got a glass of water in front of me in case I need it. Otherwise, I'm rattling with all the pills. Now, with that said, we're going to go through seven, seven, seven news topics in the next 30 or 40 minutes, whatever it takes to get through them. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. I've got nowhere else to be. Uh, and I'm sure you've got nothing else to do either, except for hear about the latest tech news from me. Not necessarily reviews today. It's literally all about wine. Yes, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Robots, Amazon, virtual reality, Optus, artificial intelligence, and Apple. If any of those topics interest you, uh, we're going to touch all of them in a very short few minutes. Now, starting off with wine. Yes, I'm not drinking a bottle of wine today, but what if I had a wine bottle shaped Bluetooth speaker? Yep, there is a uh, Bluetooth speaker 
in a beautifully elegant designed wine bottle shape, which is made of wood. And the base of it is the speaker. And you have this little kickstand that makes it look like a bottle of wine that's sitting on a mount. And it is a Bluetooth speaker, volume controls built in. It's actually also got its own music built into it that you can, that they say is perfect for drinking wine to the sound of. So this is what I would imagine to be the perfect Bluetooth speaker to put on your bar, to put in your wine cellar, to put on the dining table, where it looks like a nice, elegant piece of wood shaped wine bottle, but it's a Bluetooth speaker and it's battery powered. I really like it. And I think I might be the only person who does like it. It's a hundred something US dollars. I don't think I'm ever going to see one in real life. This is the sort of thing I should have stumbled across at CES if they had a stand there. I didn't. I would have known about this one for sure. Uh, If they're there next year, I plan on seeing it and plan on negotiating a better deal on one because a hundred bucks US is a bit expensive for a Bluetooth speaker. I'll probably never use. I just want a wine bottle shaped Bluetooth speaker. And if you're someone like me, then you'll go and find it. It's, uh, I'm looking at this on Yanko Design is the website that I found it, uh, but it's called the Dream Echo Speaker. I don't know if Amazon's going to sue them for the word echo, just like Boost decides to sue Optus for using the word boost. Uh, but anyway, echo, but the Dream Echo, I'm sorry, Amazon, the Dream Echo Speaker uh, can be yours today. I think it's very cool. There is another thing that's cool, and it's called the E-Box. It's a family robot companion. It's your smart guardian, apparently. Uh, this is from a company called Enabot. I've never heard of these guys before, but until today, I decided I needed to speak about them. Uh, this is a robot that isn't a vacuum. It doesn't cut the grass. It doesn't clean the windows, as we've spoken about with other robots. This one just has a camera built in, and it looks at you, and when you wake up in the morning, it comes by your side like a little dog. And it follows you around the house as you go about your day. If at any point you've got a question for uh, your Amazon voice assistant, it's built into the robot. So your smart speaker is effectively always by your side. Inside the robot is a very good speaker, Harman Kardon speakers, meaning it's a portable speaker that's following you around the house. Do you want to listen to to this podcast while you're going about the house, going from the kitchen to the bedroom to the laundry, whatever it is? You could have my voice following you because this robot can see and stay near you. Now, think about this other example. There is a very large camera built into this. And and I say that because it's a very obvious camera. Probably a good thing in terms of privacy. It's a very obvious camera that you can tell when it's on uh, and when it's looking at you. If you have people in your family who are getting old and you want to keep an eye on them, sometimes you can put an Apple Watch on their wrist and you'll get fall detection and you'll be able to check in on them and things like that. But this is something you can actually be putting into their home and it watches them. It does. It can actually also alert you if they fall. And the way that the Anabot does it is by actually looking at them and seeing if they've fallen. Not just a sensor, it's literally watching them. And you can always connect to that camera yourself and look through it, communicate voice, uh, through voice into the actual robot itself. It's kind of this little, little person in your home that can be there doing whatever you need it to do or whatever they want it to do. They talk about how it can be interacting with your pets. They talk about how it can be interacting with your children. And it's kind of like this little robot that we probably saw in the Jetsons that at some point is going to become very useful. At this point, it doesn't have arms. It doesn't actually do much more except for drive around and wait for your command. But 
for some people, I think this actually could make a lot of sense. It is a $600 robot, and this $600 robot will be on sale so far in the US. We'll wait and see if it actually comes to Australia. If it does, you know I'm going to be looking forward to testing it. We're up to t- story number three. We're flying through this. We, m- we might get over and done with very quickly. Amazon have brought out a great new feature on their website. And if you're someone like me who has an Amazon Prime subscription, uh, I love to shop on there. Literally this week, I needed tissues. Well, no, no, no secret why. Um, I clicked order. Whole, I had 12 boxes of them sitting on my doorstep the next day. Uh, I needed some Easter eggs because I was hungry. Um, click, bang. It was, I kind of feel bad sometimes when the guy pulls up to my driveway. I know he's driven some distance to get to my house and he doesn't know what's in the bag, but it was literally just some M&M Easter eggs, the solid ones. They're delicious. But when you pay five bucks a month for Amazon Prime, you kind of feel guilty to get the free shipping when it's just for a pack, a bag of Easter eggs. But anyway, I'm, I digress. So now what you'll find when you actually go to the Amazon store, um, it's a feature that's going to be rolled out globally very, very soon, is you'll find a disclaimer that says whether something is a frequently returned item. As you would know, being an Amazon purchaser, you get 30 days to exchange a product or to return a product. You can get a full refund. It's actually a really, I've used it before. I've returned something with Amazon before. It works brilliantly. You've got 30 days to return it. No questions asked. They don't really care. They just give you a refund on it immediately. And you can look at the reviews on a product and you might think, well, the reviews sound really positive. I guess it should be a reliable product to buy. But a lot of reviews can be fake. Uh, You can get bots to do it. You could get your employees of the company to do it. Um, So a frequently returned item could help you understand or think that this kind of product is something that often doesn't work, maybe fails quickly, uh, maybe doesn't actually suit the description, whatever it could be. So it it saves you a purchase. And I think that's brilliant. So look out for that little disclaimer. It'll be right near the description of the product saying in orange in an orange box frequently returned item check the product details and customer reviews to learn more about this item for me that will be the biggest red flag i'll need and i'll move on i won't make the purchase i'll find literally the next one in the list and make that purchase from there so i think amazon is doing a great job by at least adding something that tells you whether the customer the product's successful again better ways to shop now the other one here i've got is awesome and I saw something like this at CES maybe three years ago, because um, I'm trying to eliminate the COVID years, maybe even more than that. Now, virtual reality is fantastic. In virtual reality, you can immerse yourself in a world, make it feel like you're in an environment. You can now integrate your hands into that experience, so you feel like you can interact with your hands. What has been limiting is the fact that if you're standing in a room, you might be able to move around that space within limits of your physical space or you may need to use a joystick on the controller if you actually need to move around the experience properly there is a new product called the pico neo 3 pro i hate product names that are more than two syllables uh, but the pico neo 3 pro is effectively a 360 degree treadmill right You hear that? A 360-degree treadmill, which basically means that when you put your VR headset on, you've got your controllers in your hands, you're standing on what looks like a round disc, and underneath your feet is movement. So when you step forward, 
you're actually stationary still. You're on a moving platform. When you turn to your left and start walking, literally it all shifts with you. So it doesn't matter which direction you step in, if you sidestep, if you forward step, if you step backwards, every single movement is perfectly emulated within the virtual world. And it is like you're actually moving on the spot. I remember seeing demonstrations of this. There was a gentleman in a virtual reality experience playing one of those shoot 'em up games, I don't know if it was Call of Duty or whatnot. And he's literally running around on the spot, but in the game, he's literally running. And when he moved his hands to move, hold, handle his gun and point it and so on. But also what I noticed, and, and this is the same feature, you can even squat. So if you, if you get on a knee, if you, um, if you crouch, crouching I think was probably the word I was looking for, uh, then that's also reflected in the virtual world as well. So now is when you start to think, well, hang on, now VR can actually be properly, um, properly, what's the word I'm looking for? You're so properly embedded in the game that every movement can be recognized. Now, obviously, it will not know um, if you lift your foot off the treadmill, it might not have a very good understanding of what's going on at that point. But at least your motion, your movements within the game could actually be properly recorded. And I think this is just so, so cool. Imagine playing like Call of Duty with friends. And if you all had this kind of thing, it would be A, exhausting, but it'd be an amazing workout because you're actually doing it. You're actually doing the work and embedded in this, uh, in this experience. Now, is it cheap? No, it's not cheap. Of course, it's not cheap. However, we're talking about, where's the number? Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half thousand bucks uh, for this product. And that's US dollars, so like a million dollars. Plus, you need the, the virtual reality headset. You need the, um, the hand controllers of whatever one you're, you're playing. But it looks like it's going to be compatible with multiple VR headsets. It really will come down to the games that will start becoming compatible with it or any other kinds of experiences that might become compatible with it. Imagine like walking the streets of Paris and just very chilled walking, whatever pace you like, walking down streets, whatever. And you can just continually be looking around and enjoying yourself. I think there's some amazing immersion you could be doing with a treadmill like this. And I think it's just so, so exciting. So that's the treadmill. Give me a time, a chance to have a sippy sip. And we're going to get straight back into the rest of this, going from Optus to AI to Apple. Actually, just quickly, I, I checked my, uh, my podcast, whatever website thing that, where I upload my podcasts, and I realized that after the call out to tell you to listen through Spotify, somebody must have, because I'm starting to see responses on the questions that I can actually ask you uh, through Spotify. And I, I threw out a question there about whether I should bring back interviews. I used to do, what was it, one interview a week plus the show, uh, but I used to love having guests on the show. It always does obviously require a little bit more effort. But I think the interviews were actually quite immersive and interesting. I'd probably ask questions that others wouldn't. Um, so maybe will. And somebody uh, voted on that and said a big resounding yes. Um, so keep an eye out on podcasts through Spotify. I can do polls and, and Q&A in there. And I think that's just a really cool thing to do. Um, and you'll also get the custom album, uh, episode artwork that I do every week uh, for the show as well. It's never the same. So it's always just a fun thing, but Spotify is really lifting the game when it comes to podcasts. Now, that was not what I wanted to talk about next. What I want to talk about next was Optus. Optus have announced $5 roaming. Yes, Vodafone has done that before, and Vodafone is not suing Optus for it. Uh, what they are doing instead is trying to be competitive, just like it should be. Now, this is really good news because 
if you are someone who's about to go overseas, and a lot of people are going overseas these days. Heck, I was in Italy and Europe uh, and Malta, I should have said, um, just a couple of weeks ago. But if you're an Optus customer, you can now pay $5 a day for roaming. But what does that get you? It gets you five gigabytes of data and unlimited standard talk and text. And that's just per day. So in one day, if you can burn through five gigs of data, kudos to you for starters. It's a lot of data for posting your Instagram stories and whatever. But even for video calling and things like that, five gig data is a very comfortable amount per day. It's a very, very comfortable amount. The fact that it also gives you unlimited calls and texts it literally will make you be completely carefree during that, that trip overseas. And I love, love, love that. Um, now, if you do go over, it just costs you an extra five bucks for another five gig. So if you really are power hungry and you, I don't know, you're streaming Netflix or something, using your phone as a hotspot in the hotel, I don't know, just an extra five bucks every time you go into another five gig. That's it. So, you know, it could be $15 for 15 gig. Is my math correct? Yeah, I think so. Pretty sure. Pretty sure that's correct. $5 plus another five. That's 15. Yeah, that's right. So you could do it. It could be that good. Um, but places you can use it, very, very good. Like I literally really, really good. Good call outs for me. In Malta was one example. Could have had it. In fact, Telstra, who, I, who I, my phone is with, um, they didn't do the $10 roaming packs in Malta. It worked in Italy. I could get, you know, use the $10 roaming pack over there, which gives you, I don't know, not much data, but you're kind of comfortable. But when I got to Malta, it wasn't on the list of supported countries. So I was just paying out the wazoo per megabyte or whatever it was, which I haven't seen the bill for it yet, but it's not going to be pretty. But for me, Malta's on the list. Um, the US, obviously, New Zealand, Netherlands, Palestine, Pakistan, Ireland, Israel, Italy, Japan, China, Colombia, France, Argentina, Armenia. It's a long list. Um, I'm actually very impressed with just how many countries they're covering with this. It's fantastic. So as always, check the providers, check the, uh, the countries that you're going to before you do assume it's all inclusive, but you'll know. You'll know when you land. Either way, you get a notification. But for five bucks, you're going to rest happy on that one. I think it's just great news. Here is an interesting one that I came across this week and was looking forward to talking to you about. Artificial intelligence, we talk about it a lot. And sometimes we talk about how AI can take people's jobs. And in fact, I think I had a caller on 4BC the other day who raised this problem. And I, I was trying to help him understand that AI will also create a lot of jobs. Somebody has to create the code. Someone has to create the applications for it. Someone has to think of the smart ways of using it. So let's, let's not focus on um, why we don't have a blacksmith down the street anymore to make my horseshoes. Let's think about the mechanic that now exists and the cars that now exist and whatever. So we, anyway, we, we, we digress. But Levi's, you know, the denim company, you might be wearing a pair of Levi's now yourself. Levi's have found a way of taking jobs. Um, they did took out jobs and Levi's has used AI for modeling. So they've got clothing, you know, shirts, pants, women's denim dresses, overalls, whatever. And when they have to do a catalog, when they need to put pictures on their website, when they're doing any kind of marketing, they need to have a photo studio, photographers, makeup artists, lighting people, someone to hold the blower to make the hair go all up in the sky. 
Uh, and they need models, people who look good for a living. Now, artificial intelligence is able to create human people, literal people that look real, but don't actually exist in the world. And Levi's is using those models and putting clothing on them virtually. These photos that I'm looking at, uh, you can go on Mashable. This is a, a Mashable.com story. Uh, the photos that I'm seeing show a woman, um, long black hair, got boots on. She's standing. She's doing a proper modeling pose. She's wearing a Levi's dress overall looking thing. And I would have no idea of looking at that picture and knowing that it wasn't a real person. She looks like someone I would walk past in the street. She looks like a normal human. Um, she's, her hands look normal. All, everything's in proportion. There's nothing unusual. There's no, obviously no blemishes. They're models. But this is completely artificially generated. There is no human behind this. There was no photography. There was no artwork. There's nothing. There's nothing going on here except some nerd with imagery and code to make, to generate human beings. So do you need a model of every skin type? It's a click. Da, 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 done. Do you need a model of a different size? Da, 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 done. Do you need, like you name it. We're going to get to a point, and I'm telling you this is so close. We're going to get to a point where you will try on every garment while never having to try them on. If they can generate humans that don't exist, um, wearing the clothing and making it look so natural, then at some point you'll get, to, you'll get to the stage where you will either upload enough photos of yourself, which you know, we all have, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, where AI will create a mannequin version of you. And you would technically be able to browse a store trying on all of these clothes to see exactly how they would look on you before you make that purchase. The reality is, is that models may be the first ones to go here because while they've supplemented these with fake models, why not supplement them with ourselves? Wouldn't it be much more beneficial to us all if when I was browsing the iconic or whatever website you buy your clothes from, that I'm the person on the screen, that I'm the person in all those clothing items and I can see me wearing every single shirt, every pair of pants, I can, com I can combine what outfits I'm looking to buy and I can click and go, that looks great on me. And that's it. It gets delivered. That would be fantastic. Because I'll tell you why the biggest thing would be fantastic? Sizing. I swear some, some brands don't know what small, medium and large is compared to other brands that do small, medium and large. Some brands I'm a small, some brands I'm a medium, some brands I'm a large. But imagine if I could see it on me in a virtual sense, I wouldn't get it wrong. I'd see if it was a bit bigger or a bit baggy or even a bit tight. That would be a massive benefit. But the true story here is that Levi's has gotten rid of all their models. Australia's, Australia's next top model is a computer. And Levi's the first one to do it. And trust me, they're saving a lot of money along the way. So I'm sorry if you're a model hearing this and thinking they took our jobs. They did. But it's time to have a real job. I'm sorry. Looking good for a living has its limitations. Now, moving on, June 5th, mark your diary. June 5th, unless you're in Australia, it'll be June 6th. Uh, June 5th is Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. It's the nerd one. It's the one which is all about developers, as the D in WWDC suggests. Now, 
as a recap, last year during WWDC, uh, iOS 16 was announced. Uh, the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro was announced. And that was with the M2 chips, the faster ones. Uh, the new Mac OS Ventura was announced, and there was something else. Oh, watch obviously Watch OS nine, uh, iPad OS, and was there an upgrade to Apple TV? I don't think there was, but it was mostly operating systems do get a bit of a bit of an upgrade, and there's usually a laptop or two in the mix. The reason for that, you've got the developers in the room, tell them what they need to be considering as part of new development of the new updates that are coming to the operating systems that they develop apps for. There is a very strong rumor. And again, it's a rumor, but there's a very strong rumor that this will be the right event to tell developers to start developing for an entirely new product. And that would be the mixed reality headset from Apple. We've heard about this rumor for a long time. When are they going to get into virtual reality? When are they going to get into augmented reality? There's a pretty good chance that June 5th, that's when it will happen. And if that's the case, Hold on to your seats because VR is going to get real. And as part of that, there is the real announcement that they're going to have the headset, but also talk about how you would interact with that headset. And that's going to be an amazing thing because they say, the rumor, well, the rumors say, there'll be no controllers in your hands, that you'll be able to pinch your thumb and index finger together to activate a task. You won't need to actually hold anything. Um, and it's really going to be able to see your hands and your hand tracking and movements without any sort of joystick or form. So crazy. Will it work with that little treadmill I mentioned before? Probably not. Probably going to have their own things in the future. Who knows what they'll have. But there is also this rumored price. And the rumored price is about four grand uh, for the headset. So anyway, I don't want to get too far into the rumors, but I think June could be a fun month as we start to think about what Apple will announce at WWDC. Obviously, right now, you know that that event is around the corner. If you're in the market for a new Apple computer, whether that's a laptop or a, or an iMac or whatever it is, think about whether you really, really, really need it over the next couple of months and potentially wait for the new one. And that's, that's all. That's really the only thing you would actually be considering at this point because any of these uh, devices, they'll all get the OS updates. No problems there. But you buy a, a computer like a laptop or whatever less often than you potentially do a smartphone. So if it's a five-year life cycle for your laptop at least, then make sure you wait the extra two months to get the latest model. Uh, don't be that guy. Uh, so do remember that. Do remember that you can do that and look forward to the event. I'm, I'm obviously pumped for it. No, I won't be there. Of course, I won't be getting invited to that one. Um, not that I'm going to report uh, inappropriately for them. I'll give them all the shine and grace that they would deserve if they deserve it. I'm excited if there is some major announcements. I would love to see them get into a new product lane. Um, and announce something like this, but I won't be holding my breath. I am always excited to hear what updates and developments they'll make for the iPhone and the iPad operating system. The Mac OS I've never cared as much about because I don't really notice the changes when they do them. Um, I'm, I use my Mac, but I don't seem to notice the big differences that they have. But obviously for iPhones and iPads, they are usually more noticeable uh, changes. And again, if you've got an iPhone or an iPad, it makes your phone feel new again. And that's a lot of fun. So that'll be the Apple news in June. Up until then, it could be very quiet. Oh, actually, one more thing. Not to sound like Steve Jobs, but there was one more piece of Apple news this week, and I didn't have it in my list. But I can easily get it up for you right now. I can't. I can't find the email. However, oh, I can. Apple Music Classical has launched 
Now, you might be somebody who loves Mozart, Beethoven, um, and whatever classical artists there are out there. Uh, However, Apple has launched the largest classical music catalog, and it would be rude of me not to have mentioned this massive achievement. Now, yes, uh, every other music streaming platform has classical music and has had classical music for a very long time, but they say that this is the biggest catalog of classical music. I think it was 5 million tracks. Imagine that, 5 million tracks of no vocals at all, just violins and pianos. I mean, it would be riveting stuff, and I have listened to it, uh, and I, I, I get it. I get it's very good, very it required good skill, uh, but it's not the kind of music that I do listen to, but if it's something that you'd listen to, then you can actually get a separate app for it, Apple Music Classical. Um, it's included at no extra cost for Apple Music subscriptions. It's not a separate music subscription. If you want just Apple Music Classical, good on you. You have to pay for the full thing anyway. You get all the other music uh, mixed into that as well. So yeah, Apple Music Classical. They did announce something this week and it's pretty massive groundbreaking news. So uh, there is a new music streaming service from Apple called Apple Music Classic, but it's just the classical music in their existing catalog, but big. Apparently it's just a lot of it. So you can sift through all of that good stuff and enjoy some classical music, some, I don't know. I don't know enough. You can see how cultured I am. I just don't know what it is. Um, Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you for downloading. We we did it in about half an hour or so. Got you out the door. Uh, I apologize if you had to listen to me and my illness for the last 30 minutes. Next week, I should be much, much better, much healthier. I'll put something in the polls on Spotify podcasts and make sure you do start listening from there because trust me, it's where things will get much more interactive and I can't wait to start hearing more from you. You can leave reviews there as well, I believe. You can even rate me from one to five stars or something similar or leave me a comment and we'll catch up soon. Bye-bye.